0: Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week, we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. Greetings once again. This is Brad Zockel. You are listening to Questions About Heaven with Bobby and Brad. Bobby will be with me tomorrow. We're going to have a time of talking about God in heaven tomorrow, and we'll also be asking Pastor Bobby about his favorite verses concerning heaven. And so as we get into our study today, I want to let you know we're going to go into a very exciting time and uh, go through a series as we go into our next podcasts throughout the next weeks. And this one's on Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21. And so, if you'd like to turn there, or if you're driving your car, or if you're just listening to this as you're working, I'll go ahead and read the passage to you. Now, you have 66 books in the Bible. You have 1,189 chapters in the Bible, and everything really comes down to the final two chapters. The last book, Revelation, is revealing. Its Greek word is apokalypsis, it means the revealing. And we're revealing who Jesus really is, the king, the conqueror, the loving shepherd is now increased in his sovereign might into a realization of this is the one who is God. He is God. And so in this, we see the description of him in Revelation chapter one of his magnificence and his wisdom and his judgment. And we go on through the judgments of Revelation and Possibly in the future we'll talk about that, but I want to emphasize today the culmination of everything, not only of the book of Revelation, but the culmination of the entire Bible really comes down to this. It's almost like 1,187 chapters were all the preface to the real story, and that's the destination of the believer. See, if somebody dies right now, they're in the present heaven. If they are a believer in Jesus Christ, we know that Jesus himself said he's the only way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by him. And as Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, there's no other name uh, under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And that's Jesus Christ. And so we call those who follow the faith Christians. all right? Or some people will call them believers with a capital B. So when the believer leaves this life through the passing of death... And going through that portal into the next world, we know that they will go to the present heaven. The reason I use that term is, that's not the permanent abode of the believer. We see what happens in 2 Peter is, there's a total change of the universe. It's almost like God the Father says, now hang on, the present heaven isn't good enough for my believers. I'm going to make something even better. Now, you all through your life have heard some wonderful things, and through these podcasts, on what the present heaven is like. I mean, you're talking about the, 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 all of the talk of Matthew 25 of joy, and as the Lord tells, there is a peace, and there is an embracing with Jesus Christ, and of the others, you're going to have your same uh, personality, your characteristics, but then we go into a new place, as we finish all of these things, and it's known as a new heaven and a new earth. Let me start with Revelation chapter 21, the opening verses, and then continue on. Then, John, this is John the Seer. Some uh, historians will call him John the Seer because he's saw into the future. He says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there's no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, or notice, behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be among them. And he, God, will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne says, Behold, again, that term like means like notice. Notice with everything you can. Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write, for these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of the water of life without cost. He who overcomes, that means the believer, He who overcomes will inherit these things. And I will be his God, and he will be my son. And I stop there as we look up through verse 7 of Revelation chapter 21. And let's just take an overview, because we're going to do some studies through the weeks. As I talk with Bobby, we may discuss some things in future podcasts. But I want to give you some things here about this. What in the world this causes a lot of, uh, of, of difficulty for people to grasp? I thought heaven was heaven was heaven. I mean, I hear it has different names. Somebody says Luke chapter 23. Jesus calls it paradise. In the Old Testament, they called it Abraham's bosom. You hear these different terms. And now we've got heaven. And what in the world is this? Well, this is the final destination of the believer. As God says, things are going to change. As it says in verse 5, I make all things new. And one of the things of the many things we can talk about that are new is this. Look at verse 3. And if he can't, I'll read it to you one more time. He says this, and I heard a loud voice from the throne. If it's coming from the throne, it's God Himself, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God, the tent of God, the meeting place with God, if you want to say the church of God, anything you want to say, but it's the dwelling place of God, is among men. And He will Dwell among them. They shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. Among them, among them. He keeps saying this. He's going to be with us. Well, there's a change. You see, in the first chapters of Genesis, this is the way it was supposed to be. Man and woman, with God, walking together on earth in peace, with animals in the peaceable kingdom, with wonderful vegetation and things growing for the enjoyment, and man had dominion over earth. And everything was in perfect communication with God. Then the fall, capital F, fall, then the sin, and everything split. And God couldn't be here on a sinful uh, existence here on earth. So he made his holy dwelling a way in which we would call right today heaven, God's uh, home. All right. So if a person dies, uh, that is a Christian, if a believer dies, he or she will now go to where God is. But in the perfect, in the the reclamation of the entire universe, and when everything's made right, then when the believer passes on into the next life, get this, God comes down to earth to live with them. That's the big change. That's one of the huge changes in this. God's going to go, and it's going to bookend. You have the first chapters of Genesis and the the final chapters of, of Revelation, and here's what happens. God was in the garden with men. God was in the, in the garden with women. They were walking the earth. They were enjoying perfect communication and no sin. That's the way it was in the beginning, and that's the way it will be in the end, in God's sovereign plan. Through the work of Jesus Christ, as we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4, when it says, according to the scriptures, you can say, according to plan, and it goes like this, verses 3 and 4. This is a whole theme in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4. Jesus died according to plan, jesus was buried and rose again according to plan and then in continuing that plan he was seen by witnesses so this could be a historical fact this made salvation possible victory over death death no longer has a sting a grave has no victory and that continues on and then we see here as we go through through the access made into this eternal kingdom which we'll talk about in extensively in this that god is saying I'm going to come and live with you. As a matter of fact, there's somebody else, well, let's say something else that will live with us. It's made in a figurative sense, but it's powerful. In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 13, it says, then righteousness will be at home. Righteousness dwells, and that term dwells in the Greek means like just righteousness has made itself at home. This is going to be a, a, a kingdom of righteousness of holiness, of purity, and of great joy, as Matthew 25 says. Now, when we look at this, this has been predicted all the way through the scripture. Isaiah chapter 65 and verse 17 says, Behold, I create a new heaven and new earth. And it goes on to tell us that when the Christian will view this new heaven and new earth, it will pale everything else in comparison to this. The prediction is repeated again. The prophecy is in Isaiah chapter 66 verse 22. I am making a new heaven and a new earth. And then as I said in 2nd Peter chapter 3 and verse 13, it says that there's going to be a new heaven and new earth where righteousness dwells. Isn't it great to know that everything will be made right? Now Jesus has talked about this in John chapter 14 verses 2 and 3. When you read John chapter 14, let me turn there and then read that to you so you can hear it exactly. John chapter 14, well, let me start with verse 1, and it says, don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. All right? In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If this were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Now, he's not talking about the present heaven because the present heaven is already prepared. And when you have a loved one, as I have in my family, and they die, and 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, in verses 6 through 8, they will go immediately to be with the Lord. There's no limbo, no purgatory. We've talked about that. And when they go to be in uh, heaven, they are in a place that is righteous, that is pure right now. But That's not what Jesus is talking about. He says, oh, I'm going to go And I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when that place is ready, I'm going to come and get you for myself. And we see when he does come is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And you're going to see with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall meet the Lord in the air. And it says that this is such a powerful thing. We can comfort one another with these words. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 51 on give you the same thing. It'll be immediate. We will all change. And Jesus is saying, this will then take you into the new existence, my friends, after this cataclysmic event, which the Latin word is, uh, is changed into the rapture. But from the Greek, we have the word harpazo, the snatching away, which leads us into this great culmination of events, which ends up in the new heaven and new earth, as John talks about in Revelation chapter 21. Now, listen to this. Among all the things we're going to talk about Oh, the beauty of the architecture. God is the architect. Think about the most beautiful architecture on earth. And there are some wonderful, wonderful buildings that have been made throughout uh, this globe by people with imaginations and creativity that astound me and you. But God says, now it's my turn to show you design, to show you strength, to show you beauty, to show you hues and tones Of colors that you may have never considered before to show you uh, wonderful dwelling places and the proper furniture and the walkways that will never cause congestion there's no traffic problems because i've designed this myself wrap your mind around that for a second god is the designer of the new jerusalem he is putting this together and isaiah chapter 65 when you read through verses 16 through 18 he says i've created this to be a delight. So the purpose of his making of the new Jerusalem is to make it a delight for us. But more than that, we say, oh, that's great. You know, we get all this and it's all for us and us. And understand this. Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 21 says, These things are made so that, God is saying this, that I may be glorified. That we would give glory and honor and thanks and all recognition to the Lord. Now you've been somewhere and you have received wonderful things in your life and no doubt you find the, the, the giver of those things and you go and you thank them profusely for uh, taking care of you maybe in a, a time of sickness or in a time of joy. Somebody's paid for your vacation or given you a wonderful uh, uh, access to things. Maybe you've had a cabin retreat that was paid for as a gift. or Maybe somebody's given you something like a car or something like that in need. It might be a bit of use, but you're very thankful to them. Well, think about this and multiply this all here. And the continual peace, and as it says in Revelation 22, 3, there is no more curse. And it literally means no accursed thing. It's not around. People are not going to get sick. They're not going to die. They're not going to argue. There's not a pressure of time and stress. And when we say that, here's another thing. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 14 says, This new heaven, this new earth, this new earth, do you know something? In Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 14 it says, The whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. As much as you have oceans that absolutely just dominate in their waves and their height and their depth and their magnificence, the knowledge of God's glory will wash over all of us, that we will truly know above all these things, we're going to enjoy the glory of God in there. And we're going to be aware of this and not only comfortable with this, we'll revel in the fact that he is our father. This is a family theme throughout the Bible. We can rejoice in that too. Habakkuk chapter two and verse 14. Boy, there's so much more that I can tell you and we will as the Lord allows. We'll talk some more about what the the, the Lord has for us And how he is in heaven this father this wonderful father who is giving us all of these fantastic things and we look at him and say why why would you bother with somebody like us that's a great mystery the mystery of love that we see in first corinthians 13 it's there and we'll talk some more about the mystery of god and his dwelling place in heaven but it's time for me to go right now this is brad And you've been listening to Questions About Heaven, I appreciate you very, very much. Thank you so much, and Lord willing, we will talk very soon. Thanks for joining us this week on Questions About Heaven with Brad Zockel of the Zulon International Bible Institute. Be sure to visit our website, Zulon.org, to learn more about our Bible ministry. That's X-U-L-O-N.org. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And keep an eye out for our upcoming ebook, Questions About Heaven. Thanks, God bless you, and have a great day.